so natural to be intuitive and all of us are doing it every single day. We're behaving intuitively, we're connected. Oh my gosh, we're so interconnected we can't even fathom it. And to the ego self, which has its role, and thank you ego, to the ego self, the ego's like, how dare you? How dare you say that about me? I'm not intuitive. That's for special people. Why does it feel like there's a dark cloud over me? Why, even though I've left, do I feel like energy's still hanging around? Yeah, that's pretty common. So this is one way that I would say the strongest thing you can do for yourself today is just recognize you're already intuitive. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, certified meditation teacher and spiritual mentor. This is season five, episode eight, when darkness is all around, healing through spirit guides and intuition, Jamie Thornhill. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional help. Highly sensitive people have a heightened awareness of other people's emotions and feelings. Just like you and I, they tend to be more empathic and compassionate. We take on the pain of the world and try and solve everyone else's problems and constantly are overstepping boundaries and or having boundaries overstepped on into our lives. It can drive us into such a mentally exhausted and deep depressive state that we start to develop unhealthy coping mechanisms such as self-harm, addiction, and suicide thoughts. If you are having any thoughts of self-harm, find that you rely too heavily on substances such as alcohol, sugar, any other mind-altering drugs, or just have thoughts of deep depression like why move on? What's the point in living? Then I deeply strongly recommend that you reach out for help and speak to a professional. I've been there. I tried to drown myself in alcohol. And when I left my narcissist, I found talk therapy to be extremely beneficial for me to process and identify what I was going through, how I was abused in order for me to springboard into my new life in a healthy way. This is why I specifically chose out of all the sponsors out there, BetterHelp. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp and BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. Finding a therapist is easy. Just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you get matched with a therapist under 48 hours. And don't forget, if you need immediate help, don't wait and dial 988. Everything you share is completely confidential in therapy. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath. The link is in the show notes. This is a really special episode. They're all special, but I actually had a beautiful opportunity to sit in on a reading with Jamie Thornhill. She is an intuitive medium and the co-founder of Casica Galactica. If you listen to episode 
115, Plant Medicine to Heal Childhood Abuse and Trauma with Michael Thornhill in Season 4. They, ho- they have a ayahuasca plant healing facilitation retreat center called Casa Galactica. It's an intuitive spiritual reading. And it was kind of cool to see what came through. Messages from spirit guides and my higher self. And no spirit guides came through. However, my higher self was very loud. It was very clear. And it was just a really beautiful experience. And I think really truly resonated. She told me that my higher self needs to find an improv group, which my ego is totally fighting still. I'm like, I can't find one. There's no one around here. I have to go to college. So I'm still working on finding an improv group to heal my voice and throat chakra. Yeah, so I think you'll really enjoy listening to Jamie. And let me know your feedback on this episode. There's a photo that I posted on Instagram at Raven Scott Show. So make sure you follow and comment on how this episode resonated with you there. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Audible book by signing up to my newsletter. I'll reach out to you with a unique code for you to listen. The link is in the show notes. Hi, Jamie. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good here. Thank you so much for asking. Thanks for having me on this evening. Yes, so good to have you here We recently just had your husband on talking about plant medicine and his experience with ayahuasca. Today, I wanted to dive a little bit into a different direction because we all are unique, no matter if we're in the same line of work or not, is when darkness is all around, the narcissistic abuse, trauma healing through intuition and plant healing. So that's kind of what I wanted to focus in on today and hopefully grasp. But before we dive into all of that, I'd love to just hear a little bit about you, get to know you and how you got involved in this work at Casa Galactica. Oh, goodness. That's a great question, Raven. Thanks so much. <laughs> I think where I can start and not spend too much time speaking about this in depth, I I have always, since I was a kid and it really came through as a teenager, just I've always sort of seen and felt my own path. And I've always noticed that it doesn't necessarily or it hasn't necessarily matched up with or lined up with what maybe everyone else is doing or what's accepted or what's sort of encouraged. And I've seen that and been aware of that too since I was a, I'd say teenager for sure. And, but something in me has always known, I'm just going to do what's coming through me to do, even if it's strange, even even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's not rational, even if someone may consider it not the smartest choice, not the, you know, not the most rational choice. I'm, I've just always kind of followed my heart is what I would say. And so that has brought me to a place in my life today where I would say I call myself an intuitive medium and a plant spirit healer, but oftentimes I kind of inwardly giggle. Those are just words that describe something that I actively consciously do. And that just means that I work consciously. I work intuitively. I use my multisensory abilities to connect with what I would call the source field of loving intelligence. There's lots of different words people can use to describe that. Some people use God, some people use source, some people don't use words at all. But 
in my experience, what I see it as or feel it as is a source field, meaning that it's all around us. It's everywhere. It's in us. It's through us. It's around us of loving intelligence, just this vast interconnectedness of wisdom. And so where I've arrived today in my life, and it continues to change, is that I just consciously plug into that and bring my attention to that in the work that I do in private intuitive readings, in 10-day ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats, in our plant spirit immersions, in my workshops, and in my intuitive mentorship course. So I just love working intuitively And I absolutely love assisting others in strengthening their own intuition and then also strengthening, of course, their own professional ethics and their trauma-informed care. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that. Like as you're describing source, God, whatever any of us want to call it, it is like swirling, wispy clouds of air, like it's this invisible energy always around us, always with us, guiding us. Raven, I, I love what you just said too. It cracks me up because I don't I don't often share this outwardly because it's such an inward experience. And it's only it's only my experience. I don't expect anyone else to have the same experience, but the way I kind of see it or feel it or connect with it. I would I would call it God as well. It's always kind of like a kaleidoscope of rainbow shapes and glitter. And I always think the glitter is for, I'm like, oh, it's so sweet that glitter got added. But yeah, that's, that's <laughs> kind of the way I experience it. Yeah. Gosh, me too. And like the, the healing parts of my meditations is always like this sparkly, like fairy dust, like fairy dust and white and gold. And that's why I'm like the quote unquote ambassador to get your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. Cause there's all this like dark, heavy gray cloud energy, but it's like, they're trying to steal our pixie dust and that's ours. And that's always abundant and around us. But we kind of forget that we have that within us because they're always taking that pixie dust from us. Raven, I love that. I just love it. Oh, I love it too. I'm I'm glad that we're connecting like in sync about that. We're not both <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I the way I call it, I'm like I got to go in and remember my rainbows. There's just a mm-hmm. lot of rainbows in my experience, just loads of them sparkled with the glitter and the fairy dust like you said. <laughs> yes, I love that. Oh my gosh. So, like you said, you have just always had this, these abilities and thankfully you didn't allow the society or the norms or the structures to dampen your abilities. So you were able to tap in and strengthen your mediumship and your intuitiveness. That's a, yeah, great question, Raven. And I left out, I left out a little bit of detail there. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I'm aware up until five that I was, and I was intuitive. I was perceptive. I was receptive to energy. I could see and feel things. My my mother and my grandmother on my mother's side. So and my great grandmother. My matri lineage was very plant oriented. My great grandmother loved and grew roses. My grandmother just loved ornamental plants, and you know, there, she never met a shrub that she didn't shear or hedge. And then my my mother loved vegetable gardening. And then I grew up out in Mustang, Oklahoma, in the Central Great Plains, out 
in the middle of a subdivision that got built in the middle of a prairie. So I was out hanging out with grasses and wildflowers all the time as a kid. And then the plants, they would talk to me and they would sing songs to me and I'd go lay in them and they would kind of tickle me and I would hang out with the plants. They were my friends and I knew it, but something happened. And I feel like this really can relate to this podcast and potentially anybody who's listening, because this is also common. I recognize this in a lot of work I do with my students in the Intuitive Mentorship 101 course. Oftentimes, most of us come into this world awake and aware of our interconnectedness and receptive to spirit, receptive to energy, receptive to all kinds of things. And then something happens. More often than not, it's a trauma. And what can happen with a trauma, a violation, an abuse, oftentimes with these harms that can be perpetrated or committed against us as kids, not only is there the physical person, the the victimizer who's doing these things or victimizers, but as I think I'm hearing you kind of allude to, and maybe you have a grasp of or, or have experienced or have knowledge of yourself, with the actual physical physical experience of this abuse, of this trauma, of this violation, there are always energies present with it that are working alongside of it. In the energetic realm, the multidimensional realm, the non-physical realm, and in my experience as a kid, you know, I I had my share of molestation and sexual abuse and was raped as well as a child. Mm-hmm. And specifically a a rape I experienced at the age of five at the hands of what I would consider a narcissist. The energies that were present with that abuse scared me almost more than the actual physical abuse. And I shut everything off. Hmm. I couldn't handle it. Yeah, I was five. It's just like whoosh. And so when... I came back into awareness in adulthood. And honestly, Raven, I mean, it was, I was 35 years old and I'm 47 now. So I was 35 years old when I was in an experience where I was like, I I think I'm connected with some sort of loving intelligence. I think there's something really great going on here that's providing guidance. And it's stuff I can't come up with because I'm not at that place yet. I'm still, you know, pretty low end. I'm down here at a, at a bottom right now. I'm, I'm in the dark valley. And this information coming through is really amazing. It was only mm-hmm. through starting to recognize that was coming back online that I recognized I had been without it since that event in childhood. Like, oh my gosh, I shut it down. I shut it down. And that's pretty common. You know, we do that. We shut down our intuition. We shut down our instinct because we may experience, see, or be privy to things that are not so kind. I'm so sorry that you experienced that. It just, it breaks my heart. And Yes, there is a darkness. Like, are these dark energies, entities doing this on purpose, especially to those of us who are very attuned with the light so that it's like dampening the light workers and trying to numb them out so the dark can continue to wreak havoc on the earth? Just a thought. Yeah, you know, that's a relevant thought. That's a great question, you know, to, to be completely honest, because... I've been doing 
this work as an intuitive medium for, gosh, about about 10 years professionally, about 12 years altogether. And I see a lot. I, you know, I, I see a lot and I'm grateful for it. And I also don't go seek it out. I'm getting groceries. I'm getting that Manchego cheese. I got those crackers. That's what I'm focused on. But yes, I, something that's very common and in my direct experience, that's all I can speak to, is actually quite common that the same thing that's happening at the human level and in the human collective is happening at the spiritual level or the non-physical level or the multidimensional level. Spirit beings, entities, passed over loved ones, you know, it's a plethora of spirit, of beings that are in non-physical form. And it's almost like it's a match. It's almost like it's like exactly mirrored. And therefore, if, if I go out and I go commit a harm against another person, there are energies that are non-physical that are going to match up with that and they're going to hang out with me. And they might even be part of what's going on and kind of hop a ride on it, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Now, what's, yeah. what I am always conscious of wanting to convey I don't say this at all to be like, dun, 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 you know, be scared. No, I say this <laughs> just just for information because it, uh, oftentimes people are like, oh, God, I feel energies around me and I don't know. And it's like, yeah, totally, absolutely. You, you're more than likely feeling energies. Yes, it's okay. It's normal. It's common. It's a part of these experiences. And for anybody who's sensitive or empathic or receptive or intuitive – many of us are, consciously or unconsciously, it can sometimes feel overwhelming. And so sometimes I like to share that just to give voice to those parts of us that are like, ah, you know, I just feel like I'm being swamped by energy right now. There's a reality to that. And it's not, I don't say that to be like, oh gosh, beware. It's almost like you, you deal similarly with the energetic component in the same way you deal with the human components. So this is where too any any of us that find ourselves in relationship with or having a pattern, having a pattern of being in relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships or family relationships with people who are narcissistic, people who are, gosh, over the top self-involved and are unable to have compassion for other people or or don't really consider outcomes or or don't you know, have thoughts about how this is going to affect someone. When we find ourselves in relationships with narcissistic people, we can find ourselves like a, like I think I've heard you say, not just dealing with the actual dynamic of the human to human relationship, but also like, why does it feel like there's a dark cloud over me? Why, even though I've left, do I feel like energy still hanging around? Yeah, that's pretty common. And it's just not something people are really privy to most people. And it's not something we all kind of chat about when we're drinking coffee and it's common still. So, so yeah, any work that we do to strengthen our own knowingness of ourselves, strengthen our own sovereignty, create boundaries for ourselves with other humans and relationships, that also goes equally to the multidimensional non-physical realm. And or anybody who's working multidimensionally, any of the work we do there to create boundaries, well, lo and behold, we find ourselves 
experiencing the same thing in our human relationships. So that's one of the things that's actually so lovely about it and can be a, a gift if used that way. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why, you know, it's like we all want the simple quick fix of like, how do we get rid of these narcissists in our life? Well, it it's not quick. It is the work that you do within yourself to clear and cleanse out and do that energy work, do the spiritual work. And when you are stronger and more connected to your divine higher self and your source, then you're like, boom, you can just blow them out of the water because you're like, you're so silly. <laughs> you're, you're just like not, you know, I'm not going to like engage with this energy anymore because you're not engaging with it, you know, in your own private practices to tuning into yourself and the, the other sphere and the other spiritual world. Right. Yeah. So how can the empath start on this magical journey we've talked about? You know, we, we kind of have taken our journey and everyone has their unique one to igniting their intuition. Okay. Well, I, I just love this. The, the first thing I would suggest to everybody, to anyone, to all of us, it's so natural to be intuitive. And all of us are doing it every single day. We're behaving intuitively. We're connected. Oh my gosh, we're so interconnected we can't even fathom it. And we may not be able to recognize it or see it or feel it or be privy to it on the regular from day to day. I wouldn't even know how to put any more words to it. But so we're yeah. all interconnected. However, we've chosen to come have this experience of separation where we have forgotten. We've forgotten that we're interconnected. So in answer to your question, where do we start? Where do we start if 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 you're interested in tapping into your intuition, if you're already experiencing it and you're ready to strengthen it. If you're curious about it, or if you just are listening to me right now and you're like, this lady's crazy, where you are right now in your sort of level of understanding or current state of beingness matters not. Just, I'll tell you this, take it or leave it. You're already intuitive. You're already behaving and acting intuitively. You're already absolutely interconnected to everything and everyone around you and to the ego self, which has its role. And thank you, ego. To the ego self, the ego's like, how dare you? How dare you say that about me? I'm not intuitive. That's for special people. That's for gifted people. That's for people who are crazy. The ego has a lot of opinions about all this. And that's fine. That's ego's job. And my ego's even here trying to like get in on this show. And so I'm like, okay, thanks, ego. It's fine. Whether consciously or unconsciously matters not. And it's innate to you being a human, to you being this multidimensional soul that's in this physical body, having this physical experience, how could you not be intuitive? You're beautifully, intricately, uniquely intuitive and interconnected to everything, to the loving intelligence of the universe here, now, wherever you're sitting, here on planet Earth, and out and beyond. And so the first thing we can do is simply acknowledge that because 
sometimes people may not call it this, but when you're at the store and you're in your favorite shop and you're looking at the different jackets, I'm talking about myself, I'm looking at hoodies, right? And there I am checking out the hoodies and I'm like, okay, that one's got the buttons. That one zips all the way. No, no, I don't want the one that zips all. I want the one that goes over my head and I have to pull over. Great. Oh, it's got a front pocket. It's got a front. Awesome. Oh, it's that perfect Heather blue, not too bold, not too light. Oh, perfect. That's me using my intuition to discern what the best shirt is for me. And that can see, seem somewhat humdrum, but anyone listening can kind of recognize in their own life, even down to choosing what you're going to have for lunch. What we're drawn to, food, plants, clothes, these types mm. of things, music. Oh, I love this type of music. Oh my God, you know, right. and especially when I'm doing my watercolors, Beethoven. Well, that's very unique, you know, so this is one way that I would say the strongest thing you can do for yourself today is just recognize you're already, already intuitive. Yeah, I agree with that. And while you were telling this beautiful information about the plants and what you pick and everything, I was thinking about how many signs I've seen and when I've tuned into my own intuition. But it's really hard when people and relationships and life destroy you, right? The first time I was betrayed by someone who I deeply cared about, I was 10. I grew up in a loving home, in a privileged environment, and a wealthy school. And I have, you know, a privileged skin color, but that did not protect me from the pain of betrayal. I revealed an intimate secret between my best friend and I out of fear because I had so much guilt and shame. We were getting ready to go to church and I thought I was going to be pregnant because I had a stomach ache and my best friend and I just role played and experimented at a sleepover. And because of that, because I shared my confession with my parents and then my parents talked to her parents, my best friend became my bully. And she taunted me every day, day in and day out after that. And it wrecked my self-esteem. It wrecked my listening to my own intuition of myself, which, you know, my gut was saying, don't keep this secret. But then I learned that it wasn't safe to reveal my intuition from that experience as a young child. And just like you, I have a bit of experience of pain and trauma inflicted by a loved one. Through multiple healing modalities, though, I've transformed from an insecure, defensive, toxic human being who attracted the narcissist. And now I am a calm, confident person who loves to tap into my intuition. But it was no easy road, and it took many, many years. And now I live in joy and peace and connection to spirit. That's where I'm at now. And it, it took a lot of time traveling just as you and I just wanted to share that this healing transformation that I've experienced that you Jamie you've experienced we all have this ability to experience the road of transformation and in efforts to share with you some of the lessons and different ways that I've transformed I have created a 10-day free challenge how to overcome your, the pain of your past challenge on February 6th. And it is going to be a beautiful challenge, really simple. You don't even have to show up to any lives. I'm just 
sending you little audio blurbs into your email every day for 10 days. So sign up to the email in the link in the show notes to get into that how to overcome the pain of your past challenge. So sorry, go back to you, Jamie. Yeah, that's great. And you know what I what I love about it. Here's a thing that can be a little bit daunting or sometimes a little scary for folks. Because once you say to yourself, I'm already behaving intuitively, whether consciously or unconsciously, it's happening. Okay. The next thing is, the next thing that opens up that's available is, do I want to place my attention there? And some people, it's a no. <laughs> it's, it's an absolute no. And that's fine. Wherever you're at is perfectly fine. And here's the thing for everybody listening. You don't have to go around and strengthen your intuition. Nobody has to do that. No one's asking anyone to do that. It's there for you if you're curious about it. It's there for you if you want to find that inner wisdom within. There's no book written about it. There's no outline to follow. There's no rules or instruction manual. It's self-discovery. And so that can be like, am I a person who's ready and interested and curious about self-discovery? And again, it might be a no. Someone else who's listening right now be like, might be like a, Heck yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, then it's there for you. It's there for all of us. And so that's what's so fun about it. The moment you put your attention towards it, you begin to strengthen it and you begin to strengthen your own knowing of your own self and the way that divinity wants to come through you, which mm-hmm. can be fun to some of us. Yeah. Well, and I think it can also be life saving too if you are stuck in that vortex, that dark vortex. For me, it was survival. You know, I had to listen to my intuition because. The narcissist was just in my head, twisting every little thought and inkling that was good for me into something bad. And, you know, that's where that dark energy comes in. And you have to, sometimes you just have to, and you don't, you don't have to for forever. Once you're out, you can be like, okay, that saved my life. I'm done now. I'm out. I listened to my intuition. I finally got out. But yeah, I don't know. For me personally, I was like, this is pretty amazing that I can sense this, then I can do this. Well, and Raven, now, can, I, can, we, can, I ask you, yeah. can I ask you a question real quick? Because now you got me curious. Yeah. What do you feel like was, like even when you're speaking right now, what was the sort of strongest intuition you had that you felt like I have to follow this? Well, I tried to move out seven different times. Like my gut, my intuition was saying, this is BS. What What is happening to you is not okay. How he's treating you, what he's saying to you is not truth and you don't deserve this. So I would listen to my intuition and I would move, you know, I would grab an overnight bag and I would leave and I'd be gone for a night or two. And then the intuition power dissipated. I was out and then I started to feel the guilt and shame and my brain started to take over. And I was like, oh, I feel really bad. I, oh, I overreacted to this argument. And it kind of like hoovered me back in every time. Wow. Yeah. So it was like a pretty powerful at those moments. And it was always kind of a constant, still, small voice. Well, actually, it was more so in my gut. And then I started to develop, you know, health issues and back issues. I went to physical therapy. I was never in a car accident or in any major, like, injury. But I was in physical therapy because all that energy of, like, not listening to my intuition and my gut was stuck in my back. And then going to nutritionists, trying to figure out like, why do I have IBS? Why can't I eat this? Why can't I eat that? And it always, it 
once I left, it made sense. I was allergic to him. I just couldn't eat anything because I was under wow, so right. much stress. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and I think a lot of people are experiencing that, but they just kind of push it aside just like I did. Just keep on going, keep numbing and keep doing the routine keep holding on to hope that they're going to change. And that's the dark energy that I'm really talking about, the real NPD of those who are not going to change. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great because that intuition really can be that sort of like, that sort of calm voice in a storm that doesn't, you know, it, that intuition just is, it's not attached to rationality. It's not attached to sort of collective human agreements. It's not, it's that voice that's like there in the quiet that just keeps saying the same thing over and over again, that it's like, how does that even make sense? And you want to start trying to apply your mind to it, but it's more of a feeling from the heart or more of a feeling from the gut or more of a feeling from instinct or a voice or a knowing. That's also how we can discern between what's intuitive guidance and what's me just thinking in my mind. You know, the mind, often the mind is, is being kind of worked by the ego. And the ego has a lot of, I'm going to call them fear thoughts. Don't do that. That's not going to work. If you do that, you're going to get, if you do that, that's not going to, oh, that's going to be a problem. Oh, everyone's going to judge you then. Oh, no one's going to believe you. Oh, really? How are you going to survive on your own? Da, 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 da. The ego's trying to stay alive out of fear. The inner guidance isn't attached to all that. The inner guidance is about sovereignty and liberation and the inner guidance is always telling us whatever it's guiding us to it's always more love more sovereignty more liberation more interconnectedness more compassion for ourselves and other people and so I just love that that you the way you describe that is okay there was a voice there saying this to me and I would listen to it mm -hmm. so I, and then that's, my that's brain awesome. would take over and be like oh <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, and I think that happens to so many of us. That's why there's this term called hoovering. They will either hoover you or, for me, I hoovered myself. I was like, I can't survive without you in my life. It was just complete fear, right? My ego just kicked in and was like, nope, no one will love you. Or that high, that emotional high that they usually give you when it, the good times are good, got to have that back. No one else is going to give you that. But it's funny when you say that, like your ego says all those things. It's like they know. I mean, they know they know because they have their own ego. And so what they do is instead of feeling their fears, they'll tap into your fears and they'll say exactly what your ego in your head is saying. And it's just like, it's so intense. It's so dark. It's so like, whoa, how did you read my mind almost, you know? But they just know the normal common fears that certain that we have, plus they ha they like dig in with this information and they get really intimate with you with these conversations, but only to use it to lock you in emotionally, not to really hold space for you and heal you and help you just be another beautiful, kind human being, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think what you're speaking to, what it's making me think of, if you don't mind me sharing, what, and this goes back to, I feel like, at least in my direct experience, what I see in my own human relationships and then how that works in the spiritual realm when I connect, 
you know, one of the things, and I feel like this is also a tool again for human relationships and also getting clear with ourselves of what does and doesn't work for me. There's this concept of sovereignty. And it's like, even as we're all interconnected, apparently the God in me has chosen to individuate as Jamie in this lifetime with this brown hair, color skin, and whatever I'm doing over here in this physical form. Here I am, and I have spiritual sovereignty. My spiritual sovereignty already exists. And the more that I remember that, the more I strengthen my knowingness and beingness in this. This also applies to our human relationships that no matter how much I love somebody, no matter how connected and intimate, just like how much love I share with my husband, I still have sovereignty. He still has sovereignty. And if if I'm not able to respect that in him, I may not be able to allow that for me. Or if I'm not able to allow that for myself, like I, I'm a sovereign being. No one essentially can control me, nor should anyone ever try to, but they do. And you know, what happens. Therefore, I also, as I declare that about myself, I'm a sovereign being. I know that I then have to respect that in other people. And so sometimes that can also like, oh, I'm a sovereign being. When I'm working intuitively, I'm also communicating with spirit and everyone. You know, what's really important for me and has been a learning experience, but it's dug in is when I'm working with spirit, it could be a spirit guide named Jill. I'm just coming up with someone just random. It could be Jesus. It could be Archangel Michael. It could be fancy spirit guides. It could be Jake, the spirit guide. I don't know. You know, here's the thing. I know when I'm working in spirit, I'm eye to eye with everybody, even Archangel Michael, even Jesus, even Buddha, even Mother Mary, even Kuan Yin, all all these angelic beings. I know that they know that we all know we're all equal. No one's above, no one's superior, no one's inferior. If there's ever an energy in the multidimensional realm that comes across to me as, well, you need to do this. I'm like, ding. For me, that's a zinger of like, hmm, you don't respect sovereignty. I'm not interested in working with you. Thank you very much. You can stick around if you want to learn anything. If not, go ahead. So in the spiritual multidimensional realm, it's fascinating because it's almost like the same game in human relationships of like, there's some posturing that goes on. There's some performance that goes on. Even beings can kind of show up and be like, oh, yeah, highest love and light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. And then slowly but surely you feel them kind of like sink down a little lower and you're like, I, I feel it. It's not, I'm sorry. It's sweet that you said that, but like, no, I feel your energy. So it's really funny because it happens in the spiritual realm. There's narcissistic energies in the spiritual realm. You know, there's really self-absorbed energies in the spiritual realm. There are. And so we can also do that in our human relationships of like, okay, yeah, we're really good friends. And I'm starting to feel like you're needing things from me. Or you expect me to be a certain way in order for X, Y. You can feel those energies start pressing in and pressing down. It's like, okay, 
So that sovereignty is really important just to recognize in any relationship, the narcissist can be in our family. It can be one of our friends. It can be somebody we grew up with. It can be a neighbor. It can be a loved one. It can be a spouse. And those of us who have a pattern of here I am back in a relationship with someone who's really self-absorbed. God, oh my God, I'm back in it. Okay, here we, I haven't learned a lesson. Something in me still is doing this. One of the things today, right now, anyone can do is just recognize each one of us, everybody, y'all, all of us are sovereign beings. None of us should be running around trying to control anybody. We can try. It'll never happen. It's just never going to happen. But try as much as you want. And the sort of uh, foreshadow is you're going to get tired at some point and then you'll give it up and then you'll go back to respecting sovereignty. However many years or lifetimes that takes, that's kind of where the story goes. Or you can just do it right now. And then with that, starting to really respect your own sovereignty and recognize kind of as a, a litmus test for relationships any relationship that you're already in or any relationship that's new, if just like, how, how does this relationship respect sovereignty? Like, okay. Hmm. It feels pretty strong. Or I feel a little bit of something from that person trying to kind of dictate things. Hmm. And then of course we get to choose, do we want to go down that path again? Or do we want to try something different? Now here's the deal too. I can hear the ego. I, you got, I just feel it. Ego's like, there's not any relationships that are going to be beneficial and mutually sovereign. There's not any relationships that are going to be, it's going to be tough to find that. There's not a lot of people in the world. I can feel it. I can feel the egos of all of us just kind of chatting around, machine and dismissing this. So I appreciate it, ego. Thank you very much. And I'll go ahead and say, I promise you, there are people out here in the world, on the planet, that get it that have no desire, need to control you or other people. There are very kind, loving, compassionate human beings who are still learning like all of us are, making plenty of mistakes along the way, but who recognize those mistakes and who are willing to apologize for them and maybe even take steps to correct behavior to be even more kind and gentle. These people exist. There's plenty of them. And more people are shifting to that daily. And so there tends to be this part of the, I'll call it just the negative energy that would like to continue to keep things the same and like, no, there's no hope. No, things aren't going to get better. I promise you there's amazing people out there in the world that exist that are just also waiting to meet you and to cultivate mutually beneficial, loving, compassionate, kind relationships, no matter what form it takes. Yes. I, I agree with you. You're striking a chord with just some recent conversation I had. It's like, but with the same fear my ego had, but no one else is going to love me at all. Like, I'm just such a horrible loser person. I'm just nobody without them. No one's going to love me. But until you get to the place where you're like, I, like you said, tapping into your self-sovereignty, I don't care. I would rather die a single lonely old hag, which won't happen. That's just like how you're, you have to talk to your ego. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, this is being alone and not having to deal with this abuse 
is so much better. Thank you so much for that. Share with yeah. us about Casa Galactica and where, you know, what work you're doing and where we can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Casa Galactica is is co-founded by me and my husband, Michael. Michael is also a channel or a medium. And he and I both, you know, Casa Galactica, we founded about three years ago. It's based in PSAC, Peru, in what's known as the Sacred Valley of the Andean Mountains. Really, Michael's private sessions are really, I would call them multidimensional trauma healing sessions for people who are working through, consciously working through their own trauma. And then, <laughs> then of course, we have our in-person multidimensional Healing and Evolution Center here in PSAC that we just launched in September and are so excited about. And we have probably every month, it seems, our 10-day ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats for dedicated inner truth seekers who are really wanting to know themselves and come in more contact with their own inner truth, their own healing, their own personal evolution. And those are very intimate four-person retreats max. If anybody goes to our website, casagalactica.com, right at the top, you can subscribe to our newsletter. And when you do so, you'll receive a 20% discount on private session with either Michael or I, and you'll receive a free guide to strengthening your own tuition and a free workshop for healing trauma. So if you, if any of that interests you, if if any of you feel resonant with that, I would just suggest subscribe to our newsletter and you'll get a lot of good stuff. That's so generous. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And remember everyone, always keep your unique light shining. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Audible book by signing up to my newsletter. Losing time, I'm fading fast. I just want to make it last. Try to let go of the past. I close my eyes, embrace the blast. Sleepless nights and headaches stack. Restlessness to hell and back. What's my purpose? What do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack. And sometimes you just gotta believe. There's something that'll give you relief. There's something that'll have what you need